be right back. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, we are here at the University of Mary uh, gearing up for the Vocations Jamboree. I'm Karen Solensky along with Ed Konichka, the Assistant Director of University Ministry out here at the University of Mary. We've just been having a great show so far. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not snowing and the sun is out, so that's a good thing. Fantastic. Prayers were answered. So we have two um, young students here from the University of Mary, University correct? Mary. Yes. Um, Colin Prom and Morgan Ailis. Welcome. Thank you. Have you guys be ever here. been on the radio before? Uh, a few times in high school. Yeah, oh, awesome. I think I did one interview at like halftime of a basketball game or something like <laughs> wow. that. Wow. <laughs> well, that's good. So then you're pros here. So this will oh. be just a piece of cake, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to let um, Ed visit with you guys because I know he visited with you about coming on in the show. So welcome again. Thanks. Thank you. And, uh, you know, the, Karen, you guys sent us the four... Uh, half-hour slots. This is the one I'm most looking forward to. Uh, awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to the time with, with Colin and, and uh, uh, um, Morgan because I know them and I know them well. And so, you know, as a pro-Morgan, we're talking about vocations because the Vocation Jamboree is uh, today through Thursday at the University of Mary. And they're evidence that the culture of vocation discernment here on campus is alive and real. And uh, as a promo to them, I want to let them introduce themselves, but um, I know Colin because Colin is on my ministry team. So oh, Colin has actually awesome. worked for me for the last two years, so I get to see him uh, serve and minister on our campus. Morgan is very involved in a lot of what we do. Uh, I was just thinking about it on the way in this morning uh, about our Ash Wednesday Mass. Ash Wednesday Mass would do our, our listeners a lot of good if they saw it. Uh, we have uh, Capacity Plus, our chapel sees 500. We put out 250 chairs wow. for that mass. Wow, that's and, awesome. Uh, so that means Eucharistic distribution in a way you don't normally do it, different patterns. And Morgan was uh, one of our ushers, and she wasn't passive. She wasn't just like greeting people. She was moving people around, <laughs> telling them where to sit, right, making sure that everybody could get in. Uh, and so it was actually that's fun great. to watch. It's fun to watch our <laughs> students as they grow in capacity and in ministry on campus. Uh, and so let me just give each one of them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Come on, why don't you go first? Who you are, uh, what brought you to University of Mary? Like, you know, what you're studying. Yeah, perfect. Um, so, yeah, my name is Colin Prahm. Uh, I originally came to the University of Mary. Um, mostly I was looking for a good PT program. I wanted to be co go to physical therapy grad school. Uh, and the University of Mary has a great program. And they have uh, something called, like, early assurance. So they'll save a spot for you in their grad program. And I, uh, I thought that was a great opportunity. So I, I came and I looked at it. Um, and that's kind of what drew me here originally. Uh, I'm an exercise science major this year. I'm a senior this year. Um, but then throughout my time here at the University of Mary, just uh, this place and, and the culture and Jesus working within my heart has, you know, worked a real transformation where, um, yeah, the plans aren't necessarily PT school right away again uh, anymore. So it's been, it's been truly awesome mm -hmm. uh, being out here and seeing this transformation happen within my life. Mm -hmm. So before more goes, just to tease that out a little bit more, because we'll talk about it later, the plan currently is? Yeah, so the plan currently, I've applied for seminary. Um, I'm working through that process right now, and then hopefully uh, at the beginning of next fall, enter into the, into the seminary through the Diocese of St. Cloud, who's my home diocese. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, wow. it's exciting. Great, right. yeah. Thanks, Colin. That's awesome. All right, and now Morgan, introduce Great, yeah. yourself to our listeners. Um, so my name is Morgan Ailis. I'm originally from Dickinson, North Dakota, and... What initially brought me out to the University of Mary was, uh, it felt like home already. I had come here growing up. I had come to the Vocations Jamboree as a high schooler. It was just a familiar place. So what initially drew me was, I knew the culture already. I knew the Catholic identity. And I knew I wanted to go to a Catholic college. So 
yeah, that's what initially drew me. I definitely love the study. I'm studying communication and Catholic studies. Um, but throughout my whole entire uh, yeah, college experience. I knew the Lord was calling me to religious life, so there was that oh, always like that's this restless like part in my life of I'm here to study, I'm here to grow closer to Jesus, and I'm here to like grow in community and friendship. But where is He calling me next? So uh, yeah, if I can just go right into sure, yeah, sure. Um, I'm applying right now for the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. Um, wow, congratulations! Thank you, awesome. thank you. So, yeah. That's very, very um, uplifting, I yeah. think, you know, to hear that. Um, so are you a Dickinson Trinity grad then? I am, yes. Okay. Cool. I graduated in 2020, so. Okay. okay. And so that little tidbit you just shared does me uh, good in my own heart, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Trinity's coming out again tomorrow. And so okay. Trinity High School, nice. uh, every year, participates in the Vocation Jamboree. Uh, they're going to get up early in Dickinson and truck out here to make the 10 a.m. mass. <laughs> And then their wow. students, they're bringing about 17 students. Wow. And they'll, uh, we, I think they come because of lunch. We treat them to lunch. <laughs> so they get a free lunch. It's pretty our, good. Nice. Yeah. That, that would yeah. get me. If <laughs> so, um, you know, the Crow's Nest restaurant on campus is, uh, is really, yeah. a, people come from town to eat here. Yeah. And it's so they get good. to eat for free. But, but then the same thing everybody else gets. They'll be able to meet uh, all these different religions on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Mary's High School, I know, is sending a group. There are youth groups uh, around the diocese who come as well. So, Morgan, did you meet the Handmaids when you came here with Trinity? Or I, where did you first encounter the Handmaids? Yeah, so I don't r recall meeting them in high school. Um, the first time I actually met them was at SEEK, the, the first SEEK oh, conference sure. that we hosted at UMary mm. through Focus. They came... Um, they set up a booth. They were, I think, the only religious community that came because of COVID and all the restrictions mm -hmm. and things. Um, and I got to know them a little bit there. Um, but I don't think the initial attraction came to them until I went and visited their mother house in New Ulm and learned about the charism and, yeah, saw their life in the convent. Oh, that's pretty neat. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, what I heard you say when you started was you actually came to you, Mary, thinking you had a religious vocation. And, and Colin, that wasn't true for you, necessarily. No, I'm probably not, no. Okay. So, so Morgan, do you know when that started? Our, we had a guest mm -hmm. in the first segment uh, who studied vocation discernment. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. said most folks actually have some thought, who pursue religious life, have some thought before they're actually 18. Yeah. So how far back can you trace this thought that you might have a vocation? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, because it's beautiful to reflect on, like, what were the seeds of my vocation? I'd say that the first seed, and it's it's a whole long story, you know, but I'll just kind of give, like, a little snippet, probably, um, was through the University of Mary's program, um, my junior year, they took us to Rome, mm -hmm. and I remember just being very restless, but not being able to name what this like unrest was in my heart mm. you know I was seeking so much out of out of life but in a worldly sense in a beautiful way but I just wasn't satisfied and I remember um, the yeah we took or the, the University of Mary so Jerome Richter and then all of the Catholic schools from North Dakota um, took us to um, Rome and we went to Assisi and I just remember looking out um, and just feeling really at peace one night and not knowing why but knowing that I was called to something deeper. Um, so then uh, going into my senior year I took a class with Monsignor Richter about prayer and discerning the spirits and I started to actually pray and I was really desiring that and I would sit in silence and 
Jesus was just slowly kind of planning this, like, I'm calling you to something more, and like, just really revealing his love to me in the silence of prayer. So I'd say those were the two big pivotal moments in my life where I was like, this could be something. But then it took a long time to accept it and start seeking yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a side thought, but the number of people uh, who go to that Rome pilgrimage and then say Assisi. Yeah. I don't mm. know what it is. You know, just the, the, the perennial gift of St. Francis to that town. Yeah. I, there's yeah. The number of students that that's their favorite spot, and there's something you talk about peace. Mm -hmm. There's the number of people who came back and say the greatest peace they experienced on the entire trip was when they were in Assisi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's beautiful. It is. And Colin, your journey. Yeah, um, it's interesting when you talked about that because I, I definitely was that way actually. So when I was super young, like first grade, my game plan was like I'm going to be a priest. Wow. Uh, I was also going to play on the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> at the same time and kind of make that happen. I uh, wasn't sure how that would work. Oh, that's um, but no, so like, yeah, I have like these pictures of me from like my early, you know, elementary days of like what you're going to be when you grow up, but it's me in like a, in a mm. chasuble and stuff. <laughs> um, and then that was kind of my game plan for a long time, uh, probably till like 10th grade, uh, junior year of high school. And then I'm, I'm not 100% sure, learning, learning more of just like, everything that actually goes along with the priesthood too though and like recognizing it's oh it's not just like sunday mass um and realizing like there's a lot here and then just just a sort of movement away from that um didn't think that was the lord's plan for me uh throughout my like junior senior of high school and then coming to the university of mary um and then i remember distinctly uh i helped plan our freshman retreat uh through our UMIN. Uh, event. It was an event I helped out with, and uh, I got to plan that last year. And uh, our chaplain, Father Bao, gave this just really, really great talk on um, on vocations and like what it means to to even just like look at seminary or anything like that. And I remember feeling just terrible afterwards, just like <laughs> this ache in my gut and disgusted. And I'm like, what is going on? Why why do I have such a big reaction to this? Like this this shouldn't affect me as much as this does and i thought you know there's there's like a couple options here either i i have some sort of like deep-seated guilt or like the lord is calling me to something here um and i'm just struggling to accept it um and that kind of kicked off um a serious kind of time of prayer time of discernment with the lord um just coming to him and asking like lord lord what do you want for me how do how do you want me to serve you best throughout my life um, and then him just like continually guiding me, taking my hand and leading me step by step of guiding me to, to applying to the seminary now and then hopefully being accepted and then walking one step at a time with him through the seminary. So That's awesome. You yeah. know, just looking at the two of you across, you can just see the Holy Spirit in both of you. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, you know, it's almost tear jerking to, to a point just because it's awesome to see young people you know that they are they're following god you know and and they're following your heart and so thank you for that yeah oh, thank you yeah so we are going to um go to a quick break here we have so much more to visit with you too about um i think you give hope like ed said to so many um which is is so needed in this time you know i mean our world is kind of crazy um i you know with having two adult um, daughters you know and i just you two are an inspiration to all of our listeners, mm -hmm. so thank you for that. And um, we're just going to go for a, for a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll visit with Colin Prom and Morgan Alis on 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 their journey to um, 
entering the, their new life, basically, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Svalensky along with Ed Konichka. We are here at the University of Mary um, just having a wonderful conversation with two young students here from the University of Mary, Colin Prom and Morgan Ailis, and they just have a wonderful story on on vocations basically is what you know drew them and where they're going with their life so I'm gonna let Ed visit with them a little bit more as he he knows them better than I do yep super Morgan you mentioned something you mentioned the charisms of the handmaids and that's what attracted you and I think part of the vocation jamboree we're doing a couple things here one is just to create a culture our first guest Rhonda mentioned that we need to create a culture in our parishes uh, we're definitely creating a culture here at the University of Mary where students can um, ask big questions. It actually comes from our strategic plan, Karen. We had a mm, Vision cool. 2030 had a subcommittee on vocations itself mm. and asked how can we enter into this work. Uh, I got to sit on that subcommittee. So there are specific uh, objectives written into the strategic plan, Vision 2030, and we're executing those. Vocation Jamboree came out of that, and there's other things that we're doing. Mm. And so the idea is to create a place where people can ask the question, you know, what is my vocation? Mm -hmm. But also then uh, there's the, the Vocation Jam gives you uh, an opportunity to actually encounter real people and meet them in their lives. And yeah. I mentioned earlier to see their joy. Uh, and maybe our hope is that some students here will encounter the, the group that they're called to, that there's something that resonates within them and they say, okay, I need to know more about this group. Mm -hmm. Part of the, the big part of the Vocation Jamboree tomorrow is just an open expo where you could walk around and meet folks. But we leave time on Thursday morning so that if anybody uh, who's here has a, in, a, in a conversation with a student and wants to follow up, there's one-on-one -on -one time. So Thursday, a student, if they meet somebody and say, I want to know about your community, there's time set aside Thursday for one-on-one. -on -one. So Morgan, you encountered the handmaids, something connected with you in, in their charism you used. Tell them more, what's that word mean? Yeah, for yeah, right? yeah. And, and what's a community's charism and then what's attractive in the particular one that you're interested in? So each religious community, both um, male and female, all have a charism. And a charism is basically what makes the religious community unique to them. Um, it's the heart of the community. So, um, yeah, some communities are cloistered, some are active, some work in the schools, some... It's kind of like the work that they're doing. And in all charisms, there's always the root in prayer. There's always the relationship, the, the spousal union with Jesus. But um, what attracted me to the charism of the handmaids was, throughout preface as well, just like, the Lord knows everyone's desires more than you know them yourself. So uh, just him following my desires, I, I always, I, I love the Diocese of Bismarck so much. And I always thought that I'd have to move away and constantly kind of be like going on missions in different places and never kind of be able to come back home. And I was willing to give that up. I, I was ready to do that. So then when I met the handmaids, um, their charism is, is diocesan. So they're there to assist the priests, the fathers of the diocese, and be the mothers for that specific diocese. So right now, um, we're re or the handmaids are a really small community. There's, I believe there's 33 sisters right now. But the hope when Mother Mary Claire founded the order is to um, send each sister back to her home diocese 
in the end. Um, so obviously, like we're growing, and actually, there's a new a new convent in my hometown, Dickinson. Yes, that's yeah, they, awesome. I know. And just speaking of how the Lord just like works, I'm like, when they moved, I was just like, oh my goodness, Jesus! Like you actually do listen, and like you do hear. So, um, yeah, just working so evidently in in those places. So. Yeah, it, it, the, the the charism of, of being a mother for your specific diocese, because, you know, like a, a sister coming in from a different from a different community who has never lived here before can do amazing work. But there's something when you grow up in a diocese, you know, the priest super well, you know, the community, you know, the culture, yep. it's it's it changes things. So, um I don't know when the Lord will bring me back to North Dakota because I'll be in Minnesota for the first, at least for the first three years of formation. But you know, that's the end goal that I'll be back. Hope maybe even serving at you, Mary. You know, you never know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's beautiful. You know, that you is. said when you you were ready to give it up, uh, but so often when we do give something to the Lord, He gives it back in a way we didn't 100%. anticipate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the trust to be able to say because it's hard. Sorry, like this is my dream, this is my vision. I give this to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to trust that he actually has something. Either that comes back to you or what he comes back with is better. Yeah, it always yeah. is. It always <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, it's too bad for our listeners that this is radio only because what you said is true. <laughs> like looking at these two young people and their joy yeah. and their radiance yeah. uh, is amazing. So we have a bonus that uh, the rest of the listeners don't have. <laughs> That's hopefully, right. Hopefully that comes across the radio yes. as well. Colin, you <laughs> Going through the about, radio waves. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, you, well, you know the joke, you have a great face for radio. That's right. right. <laughs> that, that does not apply to these two. Right. Uh, and so, Colin, yeah, religious life, you talked about um, being alive. Beauty, say more about that. Yeah. Um, I remember especially just, like, when I was younger thinking about, like, you know, oh, maybe I'm called to the priesthood and, like, this would be a massive, massive sacrifice that I could do for the Lord. Um, but then um, through various things, getting to know priests, like, priests better and getting to see their joy and then coming to things like vocations jamboree or seek like you talked about morgan where you get to see um so many various religious vocations and they're they're fully alive Mm -hmm. in a way that like the rest of the world just can't offer and that's just so attractive i mean the word joy has just come up so many times um throughout this conversation and it's so clear why it should because you know the religious vocation allows you to to enter into true joy that's given from the lord in a very special way um so while yeah it may look like a, a sacrifice on, on the front end um just knowing that like if this is where the lord is calling you if this is where jesus is guiding you and how he wants to wants to use you to serve him um that it's like it's the most joyful mm-hmm. and the most happy and like the best thing you can do and it's like it's really not a sacrifice at all because he's going to give you so much more <laughs> um which is just super exciting as mm-hmm. you think about the future mm-hmm. so the funny thing about that is and something that's being messaged i think more properly today is that you know no matter what your vocation is there's sacrifice mm-hmm. right yep. i have to make yeah. tremendous sacrifices as a husband mm-hmm. uh you know i I have learned to be less selfish because I'm married. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one of the reasons that it's my vocation. I actually think for me, in some ways, um, priesthood would have been, I don't want to say easier, but uh, marriage is calling something out of me that I think it's the only way could, God could have got at mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is my vocation because it's my path to holiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever our vocation is, this life has challenges and it calls for sacrifice. That's the gift of love. And you guys both know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Colin, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm Colin's mentor. I, I, um, 
I get to work with him. I meet with him every other week is, uh, is his mentor. And so we have a lot of one-on-one conversations. And Colin mm-hmm. shared something with me about something. You call him with what God's doing in your heart about prayer. And uh, I don't want to mess it up. So you talked about praying mm-hmm. now. Uh, to be a man of prayer now so that you're properly prepared to pray for your parishioners yeah. uh, when you become a priest. Say more about that. It was beautiful, and your yeah. words are better than mine. So. Yeah, I just, well, especially thinking about having this recognition when I, I got the seminary application, and I started filling this out and realized, like, this is this is what I'm going to do. This is, you know, where how I believe the Lord is calling me and how I'm going to follow Him. And then I, I it was probably in prayer just during some reflection, um, just recognizing, like, the, the actions I do now and the man I am today will affect the priest I am mm-hmm. in seven years or whatever that takes until ordination. And that was a, a big kind of like, oh boy, moment. <laughs> because it's like, I'm not ready right now. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that like my habits uh, that I build throughout my time here at Mary during this year and throughout the future will affect the type of priest I'm going to be was huge for me. So there's times where it's like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're tired or you, you just like, it's it's hard to get into the chapel to pray. It's like, there's this extra boost placed behind me of like, I need to be praying for my future parishioners. Like, so that I can be the priest that they need, the shepherd that they need. Um, and then like, looking to my future parishes and like, you know, um, coming into the St. Cloud Diocese, like praying for my diocese and praying for the, the parishioners within the parishes I will uh, be placed that within the future, um, God willing, has just been a true grace. But especially recognizing that, like, yeah, I need to be, I need to, to push myself to grow closer and closer to Jesus, not only for myself, but for the, mm. for the, for the men and women and children that I'll be tasked with caring, that I'll be tasked with being their shepherd, um, which has been, been really cool. Uh, it's been, it's been an awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you know, it's interesting when you mentioned of course about the Minnesota Vikings and the sports thing. <laughs> what I what I find interesting is, you know, um you look at the different events that the priests do, like the basketball yeah, game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about an exciting event, Fargo versus Bismarck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just you know, I don't know. It was an awesome awesome yeah. t- way to see, you know, that they're human. I yep. I, I don't yeah. mean that in any disrespect, but you know, that's kind of they I think people feel like you're going to live a different life, but you really don't. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you guys can elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, I think maybe the connotation around religious sisters, nuns, um, can maybe get more of a bad rep um, than the priesthood in some areas, um, especially Mm -hmm. in North Dakota. We're exposed by these beautiful, young, radiant priests. But, yeah, growing up, I never had met a religious sister um, and had a relationship with her. So... I think, I think my hope at least, and I can't do this for everyone else, but my hope in, in you know, hopefully entering this upcoming fall, um, that even when I put a veil on, you know, or wear a different outfit, like people will still see me the same. So maybe their view of every religious sister won't be changed, but their view of me will stay the same. So then that will slowly like affect how they view every religious sister. Like I want to be more approachable. I want to be more loving. I want to be more, you know, um, joyful so that I'm not intimidating to someone because I'm wearing a different outfit, but I'm more, I'm more um, inviting and, and yeah, yeah, hospitable. So I think, I think my hope for because vocations are coming from North Dakota, you know. I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm talking to a bunch of people right now, and they're starting to discern and just learning how to pray, and it's it's coming. So um, we just, 
yeah, I think I think more and more people will be slowly exposed to it. But we're normal people. We we love to play basketball and volleyball. Like the handmaids no. have a, a, a D1 basketball player. Like oh, awesome. if we bring more handmaids, we gotta have a priest versus a religious <laughs> sister basketball game. It'll be so legit. Be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just normal people, you know. <laughs> Well, thank you both for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it. Prayers out for both of you and um, very proud of both of you. So thank Thanks, you Karen. for joining yeah, us thanks today. Thanks so much, Karen. Yep. Yep. We are going to take a quick break and stay with us. We have um, Edward Hobsburg um, joining us after the break. Stay tuned.